This episode of Bend the Knee is brought to you by our bannermen, Lord Jason of House Ross, Lady Amanda of House Richardson, Lord Adam the Young Bull of House Parker, Sir Peter of House Whittingham, Sandy the Dragon, Blood of Queen Daenerys, and Lady of Jameson, Lord Brett of House Fry, Sir David of House Fraser, Lord Nelson of the Long Isle, Sir Joshua of House Ross, Lady Liz of House Hendricks, Sir Matthew of House Perry. Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt the Bud Knight, Fist of the Dragon, Maker of Gains, Co Lord of the White Claw. And I am Sir Ezra the Watchful, Stealer of Hearts, Bandit of Time, Hero of Shreve, and Co Lord of the White Claw. <laughs> uh, welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Today we are into Catelyn 2 of A Clash of Kings, and in our Maester study, we will be discussing the Isle of Tarth with Lady Raj. Yeah, absolutely. You know, first and foremost, let me just say it feels good to have added a uh, title there. You know, <laughs> co-lords of the White Claw had some fun. I think last episode we were we were joking that we were drinking some White Claw and then, uh, you know, Wander or No Name there in our uh-huh. uh, Facebook uh, group called us out. Uh, he had a really funny uh, <laughs> post where he was just like, I'm going to have to march north, you know, and like and save them. <laughs> save oh, it us. was great. It was great. It was great. Oh, really, dude. Really, and we need really friends awesome. like that. We really do. It's it's true. We also need, I think we all need hilarious content like that in the, uh, in these times we're living in. So shout out to him for uh, doing that. And as today's kind of a fun episode, man, but there's a, it just seems like there's a lot going on in our Facebook group and yeah. And stuff like that lady. We got lady Raj, uh, you know, who yep. is your, now you have, uh, you know, on Patreon, we have um, spots for squires where you can come on the show and get to do a maester study as has his, I am still looking for one. Um, so, you know, we'll see what happens there. But yeah. So we have have that little uh, segment we'll be adding into the show today. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's it, it, interesting. And, you know, as we uh, <laughs> it always starts off, you know, again, look at look at pod, you know, look at Podrick Payne. I mean, it's like he didn't start. Off, it, it takes time. Right. And it's, it's supposed to be kind of comical. So we're going to we're going to have some fun with that later on. It's just it's fantastic. But, uh, yeah, we're adding in uh, different things to the show. We've added the YouTube. We've added that. Um, we also wanted to kind of here at the beginning of the show. Uh, talk about one of our good friends, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. Sir James of House Nutter, who I've met uh, in person, really cool dude. Um, he is, you know, we have uh, kind of sponsorship opportunities here on the uh, on the podcast. And he uh, kind of hit us up. And, you know, so we, we're doing something. We're doing working with him on something. And he um, uh, he has his own kind of network as right where he's doing yeah. he's doing some fantasy book reviews and stuff like that oh it's awesome you guys got to go check it out so it's the fantasy network and uh that's that's going to be you know two t's so n-u-t-t uh work uh i'll put a link down in our description just so you guys can go check it out maybe we'll, we'll throw something in the group or on the main page so you guys can go check this out but he is remember he's he helped us build our website and we've actually been getting ravens through that website so that's 
amazing, uh, you know, which, which is awesome. So, but yeah, he's done some book reviews, uh, Miss Born Trilogy series reviewed that, um, thoughts on Brandon Sanderson, things like that. So it's really cool, really well done. And I am hoping, you know, folks go support uh, him on YouTube and check out his content. Let him know what you think. And then here's the thing, guys, I let him know we probably should do a collaboration. You know, we should probably get together and, and, and chat about uh, a really good book series. I don't know, maybe you know, Song of Ice and Fire or something. I don't know. Yeah, man, absolutely. So, yeah, so absolutely. Yeah, so certainly shout out to him. All right, one other thing we want to say here oh, before, wow. as, just as we're, di as we're diving in here. So we told you guys last time to send us um, – characters that you guys want us to do character studies for you know, like of our who would be like good for our youtube video i think we got one that we're going to talk about in raven's nest later as uh and i yep. want to give kind of a shout out here to um william in the facebook group he said could you guys do a maester study on maley's the monstrous you know why the hell does this guy have two heads great yeah. question and so we are going to do that we're going to make so we as and i have three youtube videos that we're working on currently um one is about Melee's the Monstrous. We're doing one on Val, and we're doing one on somebody else. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. It's going to be so, great. We've 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 been taking your guys' recommendations, and as they come in, uh, we're we're kind of just going and doing those character chats, uh, some Winds of Winter, you know, theories, and even looking back into the histories and kind of looking at these these oddball characters and and more. Uh, trying to understand why they were given the titles that they were given, or just what their significance was in the Westerosi, you know, history. So that's, that's been fun. I mean, it, it to, to us really, the YouTube has turned into that follow up Friday thing where, um, I can't thank you guys enough for actually answering the call there and, and, you know, really sending us in stuff and letting us know what you want us to cover on YouTube and even in our, our Ravens at the end of the show. Cause that, that's really cool. It, it, feel free to challenge us and take us to different places. Um, in a song of ice and fire because we enjoy that. And we more so have been really wanting to dive down rabbit holes and, and get back into theorizing and stuff uh, and, and kind of go from there. Now, uh, sir, Matt, one more thing. We wow. got one more thing. Announcements like crazy right now. Announcements like crazy. So um, I got a Raven in my personal inbox. Um, the, the user, it just, it was, um, it was G R R M. Okay. Yeah. No, it's no, no, you did. <laughs> it was like, and it, it was all it said. All it said is, is I'm still writing. That's all yeah. it said. And I said, okay. <laughs> oh, just kidding guys. No, uh, we, we always got to dig up news and, and we're trying I said to Sir Matt the other day, I said, what if we just got an update? You know, should we, I mean, I don't even want to bother the man. Let him write. I'm just excited. You were looking at the convention that's coming up in this this summer, and like, what will the announcement be? Yeah, will it be a chapter? What's it going right. to be? Right. So, the, so the other day, as and I, we're always talking about when when we're not recording, as we've said before, we're on the phone like twenty four seven. So seventy, there's seventy six days, you know, which is one thousand eight hundred thirty seven hours as the time of this recording till that convention. So now he's supposed to kick it off. Now, I know he's not going to be there anymore because it's canceled, but it's going to still happening virtually. So he has 76 days to finish. All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm it, ready for is it. it. Is it going to happen? He could still theoretically write a chapter a day if he hasn't even started the book. and He's just been lying this entire time and still make it as long as he were to write a chapter a day. So. Right. He's right. He could still theoretically do it. Oh, dude, I am. I'm. I'm excited now. I mean, like we're we're kind of again. The, I, I'm thinking something big's gonna happen. I don't know 
what it's going right. to be, whether it's a chat. I think we're you. You said you're speculating at least maybe a chapter. Maybe we're going to get oh, another I, chapter. I think. I think. Yeah. I think. I think worst case scenario, he would have to give us a, a new another new because he new chapter. Right. He said no more. He said like he's done. Like you don't want to. He doesn't want to give too much away or whatever. Well, he also he also says it'll but, be finished next year, and that's not right. So I mean, you know, how can you take him at at, at face value? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. It's it just interesting. Um, but we're we're excited for that. So so be look. You know, this summer, uh, keep your uh, ears and eyes open for for who knows what uh, right. from maybe from the George. question. Maybe the question we should be asking isn't is he finished, but has he started? Has oh, he- dude, don't <laughs> even. He has. We got we got some of the chapters. I mean, has he done anything past the the chapters? I, you know, I mean, he's got a lot well, on his plate. It, it took it took me four years to figure out, you know, what I want to, you know. Hold on, have. hold on, wait. Now you said the other day that he he like he he outlined sort of his plan, right? Which is fi- finish Winds of Winter, then yeah, go well, right. I, mean, I, I gotta go find that. There was an interview I found the other day where he said his plans are finish Winds of Winter. Mm-hmm. Then a new spring. Then he has, um, he wants to do the next Duncan Egg installment, and then so uh, and then Fire and Blood Part Two. He said Fire and Blood Part Two won't even come out until after he's finished the main series and done um, another, another Duncan Egg. Another another Duncan Egg. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, yeah. And and, so and Sir Matt said to me, never coming out. <laughs> That's what you said. Yeah, you said that it's never coming out. Oh, it's just kind of funny. Um, no, I mean, we, we love George. Part, and, yeah, we're waiting on part six of seven. We're hoping we get it, and then yeah. maybe we'll see about seven. Yeah. yeah. Finish up that Dunkin' Egg series. I'm all for that. That's fine. I, I kind of got, you know, I, we got the World of Ice and Fire um, book, so we're, we kind of know, you know, structure outline to what happened with the Targaryens and, and that uh, line of kings. So I think we're good. But anyways... So yeah, that's that. Uh, just a little bit of news, little, some shout outs and different things. Um, you know, here here on Bend the Knee, it's just uh, I don't right. know, man. We got kind of yeah, I, I, I kind of got like a new energy. I'm just feeling, I'm feeling good. It could be the keto. It could be, could be. that it's kicking could be, in. Could be the white claw. So it could be the white claw. That, the combination is lethal. <laughs> there's a combination. Uh. There's a combination of the two. So okay, all right. As, so we have a Maester study here, right? Yeah. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. So again, uh, thanks to Lady Raj for for hopping in and just and and doing this, um, you know, with me and just discussing some of this. And again, we you know we start off um, just conversing and and talking about um, this chapter, and then really we even t- I mean, uh, Lady Raj has sort of uh, well, I'll let her tell it. So it's coming up here in a second, but just a different take on maybe some of these um, bastards and maybe what happened to them, where, where they're coming from, and we're going to tie this into uh, the Isle of Tarth and House Tarth, um, which is really cool. I mean, we got into a conversation, like, you know, we, we kind of looked at something that I hadn't really given much thought to and hadn't really uh, done a lot of in-depth study on. So it takes, a, it takes me a second to get a little acclimated and kind of uh, see where this is going, but it's great. It's, it's a fun little conversation. And again, about once a month, we're going to try to have... Um, you know, our squires on and we'll, you know, as, as if we have a squire, cool, we'll have them on and we'll have them on for, you know, a little segment here uh, in the maester study about once a month. So again, Sir Matt's looking for a squire. Uh, somebody hit him up because I, I want, I want these, uh, I, I love getting this different perspective, you know, just somebody else coming in and kind of sharing something. We get that in Ravens 
a lot, but to, to hear somebody come in and actually share something and hear them articulate their thought is, I think, fascinating. It's really cool. I, I'm, I'm a fan of, of that. So, so yeah, take a listen uh, to our Maester study. Let me just read here a little bit about the mm-hmm. about House Tarth. So, mm-hmm. like ancestors of House Tarth were once kings. The head of the family is known as the Even Star. So that's pretty cool. So mm-hmm. they, they have the Keep, which is Even Star, and then they also, they were known as Even Star, um, okay. which, which they claim dates back to the dawn of days. The island of Tarth came under the domain of Storm Kings of House Dundarian um, during the fair, married the daughter of Tarth's king, Edwin Evenstar. Tarth was the first region of the Stormlands conquered during the coming of the Andals, but peace between the Andals and the First Men was eventually achieved when the Storm Kings and their bannermen intermarried with the Andals. Uh, mm-hmm. The Tarths have been, they have Andal, and, Andal ancestry and ties with House Dundarian. Baratheon and Targaryen. So like they're like, yeah, they're ancient. I mean, they're, they've been around. It doesn't answer the question as to whether or not they were established on that Island. You know, we don't really for know how long and who was it and all that, but no. Yeah. So it's been there for a while and there've been people there for a while. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, so I guess what is just now hitting me is like, so how many people between Brienne and like how many generations between Brienne and uh, Sir Duncan Two. Maybe two, like not very many yeah. though. Yeah. So it wouldn't necessarily be. Um, I actually just watched season eight, episode four. It's not a secret; it's information. Um, Vary says that about um, John becoming king, uh, or uh, John's actual lineage. It's like, oh, it's if if eight people know, it's information. It's not a secret. Um, and that's kind of the mentality for me now regarding like, oh, I wonder if because there are there are people from each generation that are still hanging out. Who might know? Oh, for sure, absolutely, yeah. Like, like if we ever got sort of a conversation um, with her father, or we ever travel there, and we get like that, could be a reveal uh, mm-hmm. later on. I mean, it's been teased at, hinted at, and you know, George has said a few things about it. But if we actually go there, or she even herself starts to talk about some of the, you know, I mean, just a couple of generations back, like some of the misdoings or the misbehavings of some of her, you know. Um, some of the Tarths, then there we go. We start to think, oh, okay. Yeah, and, and also, like, I don't know why it would come up, but, like, I guess if you're talking about bastards and you've got Gendry and you've got John, and you've got, um, you know, a young Griff showing up or whatever, like, it could, it's gonna, I mean, all of this stuff about bastards and different names and things is definitely going to be a piece to all of this, and we're going to have conversations about it among characters, but I think you're, I think this is actually, yeah, I'd never really thought to explore uh the connection like is it how it might which of his descendants which of his sons or daughters Mm -hmm. then went to tarth and or did he himself because the other thing is too that that dunk kind of uh you know he got he you know he moved from this person to that person and he had multiple potentially potentially Um, multiple multiple lovers so there's that i mean all we know about the books right now um you know is is you know, just it's, so, it's sort of confined, but it's hinted at and it's largely believed that that he, you know, um, was with different people. And the reason yeah. being is because you have you have these hinted descendants in the north and then descendants in Tarth and different places, yeah. you know, so they're they seem to be all over. He was I a mean, member of the Kingsguard all over the place. Right. Right. I mean, I keep wondering when when he's going to see, you know, when he's, when he's going down to Dorne um to see what's her name T- uh tanzel too right oh, or whatever yeah. you know like when's he gonna go find <laughs> her like that's 
like that I think would be kind of funny to see. So because the the Lady Weber stuff, like when he leaves her, that's that's done and over. She has another husband. I mean, she, mm -hmm. she she'll go on and do her thing. It, it it seems like he if there's any romance between them, it will be later on. I mean, when he comes back down from the wall. Yeah. And so then the other question, like people have often made the the connection to like the clicking of the needles right between old Nan and maybe the spider, um, Lady Weber being, you know, her sigil being oh. that of a spider, like okay. perhaps they're connected. Some people have even speculated that Lady Weber is old Nan, which I think is crazy, but whatever. I mean, old Nan is so old. No, she's the oldest person that we know of, like in the realm. Like they, they joke like that she's that ancient. So I don't know. I mean, it's uh Freddie, I wonder if there is this like royal bastard protection program that's been in place um, since the black fires just like flipped the table on everybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? They just kind of just ruined everything. And so at one point, uh, some master of whispers was like, hey, how about we move them around quietly while they're little? Right. And, right. you know, granted, Duncan isn't uh, royalty, but he was like this close with eggs. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, actually, the, like, yeah, there's I mean, that would be that we kind of see we, we speculate anyways that that could be happening uh, with Robert's bastards. So, yeah, that, that wouldn't, you know, people handling stuff discreetly, whether it's the maybe that's like the idea, you know, that the, the master of whispers is into that. Yeah. Wow. So we, you know, yeah, that was that was fun. Uh, was just, fun. <laughs> just, yeah, talking about uh, good old Sir Dunk there. So. Ooh, I actually had this uh, good thought. I told you I was thinking about like chivalry and its representation through the horses and, and yeah. things and the respective knights. I was thinking about Dunk. I want to like go through. I don't actually, I just got my books in today. Cool. Uh, I told you I ordered. I was very excited about that. And I didn't even think about ordering a Knight of the Seven Kingdoms because like there's something about being able to open up a book and like highlight it. But yeah. I want to see um, if there is a correlation between uh, each of Dunk's horses and like different aspects of chivalry. Yeah. Um, and the, the one that made me think about that was Thunder. Like, you know, he's just there. So the, the, the war horse, like the, the, the knight used in war, he's there, plods along next to all the other horses that he uses every day. Mm -hmm. He does his job, does his thing. But as soon as Dunk gets on him to go to war or go into tourney, he lights up, he knows his job, and he goes straight to work. So like that, that aspect of Dunk's chivalry, the aggressive knight used in battle, Mm -hmm. is always a part of dunk he's it's always there but that is by no means the um horse he rides into town with yeah you know what wow. i mean yeah i like that yeah and i, I never really <laughs> thought about about the, yeah the, the the horses sort of being um like like almost like we're learning more about dunk through his horses and and mm -hmm. we learn about his character a little bit uh there that's that's cool that's yeah yeah that's one of those questions you want to ask George. Like, George, is is there something going what on here? Like, are you? Mean? Yeah, like, like, are you, are you doing something with that? I mean, yeah, that's that's pretty neat. So I, here's what I here's what here's what I think. We're gonna need you to do like a breakdown of literally all of the horses and how I'm they <laughs> how how they relate to the different characters. Seriously, I so. know I have an essay in mind, and like, I'm actually the first time I said that without like blushing violently like why are you writing an essay about the horses in game of thrones like i don't know man i just think it's cool yeah i think it's fun i think it's worth doing and like i'm excited uh, like, you just I'm got a lot cool of other ideas. people excited about it too so you better you know I hope it's so. you know I hope it's go so. time <laughs> little background i i went to school uh at a 
this this old 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 riding academy in France uh, where I had the opportunity to ride in some really really old style saddles um, and ride the horses while they're doing like a couple of their um, pretty big jump into the air uh, war cavalry moves and it, it's really cool and and like that tied in with the history thing and now I'm neck deep in the Game of Thrones fandom I want to ride at rings and I want to see you do it too wow that will be we'll the- get a Quintain. Uh, this will be, I mean, I'll literally be Tommen out there. Like, it'll be, I'll be Tommen. I mean, it'll just be a joke. I have ponies. You know, I have ponies. Oh, they're bad ponies, but. Good God. <laughs> like, you know that our life is like, it would be in your hands at that point. Like, I mean, the podcast might not I'm continue prof- if you don't. <laughs> Excuse you. I am a professional. You're putting this on the internet. Oh, uh, yeah, you're right. I know. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm good at teaching. I'll teach you. I'll, I'll teach you how to ride you'll keep us on keep us on the horse yeah. okay okay absolutely no it'll be great okay pull out Gretchen and Gretel and we'll um ride at some rings in the woods like a true set of hedge knights okay all right I'm down. yeah all right sweet uh thanks lady raj really appreciate you coming on and uh, right. I'll, I'll let you go now and we will uh talk to you next time this okay? was super fun bye. yep no problem yep bye all right and so that was um yeah just a quick little conversation with lady raj just about uh, sir duncan the tall and his connection to uh, Brienne of Tarth and really House Tarth a little bit and trying to figure out, you know, um, some, some of their ancestry and where they fit into this whole, um, this continent and this picture, this story of A Song of Ice and Fire. So, All right, now on to the reread. Uh, this week we are into Catelyn 2. Last week we were in Bran 3 where Bran was acting as Lord of Winterfell. Uh, he hosted the Harvest Feast and met with Mira and Jojen Reed, who arrived to represent their father. That night, Bran had dreams of the Reeds visiting the direwolves in the Godswood. Last time we were with Catelyn, Catelyn watched as her son, King Rob Stark, presented his peace terms to his envoy, Sir Cleos Frey. Afterward, Catelyn argued with Rob over his refusal to exchange Jamie Lannister and his plan to send Theon Greyjoy back to the Iron Islands. Later, Catelyn discussed the war with Brendan Tully, and they plan an alliance with King Renly Baratheon. This week, Catelyn too. As envoy to King Renly Baratheon, Catelyn arrives at Bitterbridge to find a great melee in progress. Afterwards, the champion Brienne of Tarth is granted her request to become one of Renly's Rainbow Guard. That night, Catelyn attends a feast and meets privately with Renly, who insists Rob must bend the knee to him. Then a messenger arrives with news that uh, King Stannis Baratheon has besieged Storm's End. Woo, things mm. are about to heat up. Um, yep, absolutely. As, okay, so um, as she slept amidst the rolling grasslands, Catelyn dreamt that Bran was whole again, and Arya and Sansa held hands, that Rickon was still a babe at her breast, Rob, crownless, played with a wooden sword, and when, were, when all were uh, safe asleep, she found Ned in her bed smiling. Sweet it was, sweet and gone too soon. Dawn came, cruel, a dagger of light. She woke aching and alone and weary, weary of riding, weary of hurting, weary of duty. I want to sleep, she thought. I want to be comforted. I'm so tired of being strong. I want to be foolish and frightened for once, just for a small while. That's all. A day, an hour. So, also, let me point out really quickly, 
Dawn Came Cruel, A Dagger of Light. So I did a Patreon episode last week talking about the idea of Dawn, the sword of House Dane being Lightbringer. I mean, I'm just saying right there. I, so. Yeah, like, is it is it a bad thing? Is it a good thing? You know, like, it uh, doesn't seem like a good thing here, but later on it is. You know, right. it's I just, mean, I'm not saying that it possibly ties into that theory or anything right there, but I'm just saying there we have a reference <laughs> to Dawn being a actual blade of light so i mean uh-huh. I'm, just, I'm just saying yeah it's yeah it's interesting so anywho um okay so right so this this is a i think this is a, this is a chapter i really like because one it's really it's really big it's 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 a pretty big chapter um there's a lot of like internal struggling with catelyn how she has to play kind of she always has to put on the brave face and do everything for you know her family uh ned's gone right i mean mm-hmm. uh, you know ned's gone rob is at war she's trying to w- get her children back win a war and you know she feels like she's the only one holding it all together so i mean there's a, there's a lot of like internal struggle going on with her in this chapter yeah and actually she she reflects a little bit in this chapter about um this the, the, she didn't want to come do this really but it's also she needed to and and her son needed her to do this and she's about the only person who really can who could thread this needle and who can come down here and converse and not you know tick off friendly and not upset these people but at the same time not give in to them and also um, help them to see that you know rob is a king and we're not going to um, diminish that in any way and that's not what she's here to do so yeah and you know Brindley does a great job as well you can see these these um it's it's interesting like uh randall is is in this and tarly that is and they're talking about some uh, just kind of those courtesies that are that are owed each other and you can see that Renly and Cat and Catelyn can play this game better than than some of these other lords just because like uh you know uh, some of them are a little bit too too brash or a little too uh direct or whatever and She's she's good at this. She's in a, a tough spot here, really. I mean, Renly could be, you know, ticked. He could be upset. He could be whatever. And he's got a huge host. I mean, massive, you know. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, when you think about a lot of these uh, these smaller lords, like they probably really. I mean, it's not like they tr- do a lot of traveling, right? You know, a lot of these. You know, like if you're from Winterfell or you know some of these other things, you're traveling a lot. You're traveling to King's Landing. Um, you, you know, I mean, you have family in the Riverlands, so I mean, she, you know, they'll go there every now and then. Your sister's, you know, queen of the Vale, but she's the lady of the Vale. So, you're, so I mean, they they do a lot more traveling than a lot of these smaller um, hosts. You would have to imagine. So they kind of know people from their region. They don't necessarily know people from other regions. So you would have to imagine that they wouldn't. You know, everybody has different culture. You talk to people differently from different cultures. So they, you know. A little more yeah. brash, I suppose, or yeah. Well, the, like like the other thing is, I guess if you were, um, yeah, if if you're in Winterfell, I mean, and you're going to the north, you're not going, you're not stopping in a, in a lower lord. I mean, unless it's on the way and you need to to take shelter or whatever. But for the most part, you're headed um, to Winterfell. You're not going to go beyond it and go to House Umber and different places like that. Uh, so unless they are there in Winterfell to kind of greet um, someone from the south. You don't really make those connections. You may know of them. You study them. The maesters are teaching everyone, um, you know, house sigils and things like that. But for the most part, as, as you say, that's that's correct. And and I thought it was interesting in this chapter uh, that Hoster Tully is brought up again as someone who probably would have gone in Catelyn's um, place here. But since he is not well and he is ill and, and he can't send Edmure 
he has to send Catelyn. This is Rob I'm speaking about, like sending his his mother. Right. Um, so it, that, I thought that was kind of cool. It just it shows you the significance of of River Run. I, I often think River Run is downplayed a lot just because, or, or we don't look at it as being um, one of the more powerful of the great houses. And I guess really, if you were to sort of rank like uh, some of the you know power or or the weight that these different regions uh, carry it's it's tough it's in a spot that's that's rich with resources and stuff but like gold money things like that you know and, and men and power and and stuff it's it's in a tough spot actually so i always think that's kind of interesting it just neat to see that river run is a big deal and then for them joining the north and joining rob is is huge so um and he needs the blackfish he says this is kind of cool so the blackfish is my eyes and ears right i dare not lose him my my um your brother i need to hold river run so the blackfish remember when they caught uh, Jamie Lannister is out and about doing all the scouting and kind of knows where things are, are going and it's someone he can he can really trust. Thank God he's not uh, trusting the Boltons, you know? Yeah, <laughs> is it, yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and like what you said with, with River Run, they are in a tough spot because just because where they are um, regionally, right? They're surrounded by, there's, mm-hmm. there's, there's another region everywhere. They have no natural defenses other than kind of internally just those, those rivers. Um, you know, you think like, well, the Westerlands, Cashley Rock is all the way on the on the west coast of, of Westeros. I mean, they you know, they have the sea next to them. Right. So outside of maybe the Greyjoys, you know, it's a lot. It becomes much harder to attack because you can only attack from one direction. Um, yeah. So so River Run, you know, pol- politics wise, they kind of got to play, you know, everybody because they could be sieged kind of the the easiest there. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and I guess when you think of them in terms of great houses, I mean, outside really of the Greyjoys, I think I probably would have them kind of towards the bottom. Um, yeah. and, and, and I mean, maybe they have more money than than say Winterfell or something. I don't, we don't, we don't really know. I guess like that kind of uh, sure. that kind that kind of thing. But um, I just it just yeah, in, in, in in thinking about it, I mean, I just kind of rank them initially. I I do typically don't think of of River Run as and I th- and I think some of that comes to you know of the other kind of lords we see of the river run- of the Riverlands, you know one of the first ones we meet is Walter Frey, who doesn't really seem like he he gives much respect to Hoster Tully. Yeah, yeah. You know what's interesting is that you have a king in the north, right, who comes south because he's coming down seeking justice for the the murder of his of his father. Um, and then also you've got the Lannisters who are sieging um, or who are, you know, uh, attacking the Riverlands. And if, if it weren't for uh, Rob's mother and this strong tie to River Run, you really could just retreat north and just kind of sit, build up your forces, restock and everything like that. But but because you are trying to defend and you're trying to help out in River Run and you don't want them to feel abandoned and they've just sort of helped to lift you up in this position as king you start to feel a responsibility for that region. And that region is actually a really vulnerable region. Yeah. Uh, and it's, and it's under, it's under attack. So that's just sort of the, uh, I guess it kind of sucks. You know, if it were the veil, be a different story. That's way more easy to kind of guard against and fortify up and, and everything. And, and even, even there's a direct line right up to the North, you know, from the, like the sea and things. It, it just, but it being river run, it almost ends up kind of working against Rob a little bit. So, right. Um, yeah. I don't know. 
Yeah, it does. No, you're you know you're right in that. It does. It does ultimately end up kind of being in a way you could almost argue it yet is it is a disadvantage. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, you have you have a lot more men. Um, like yeah, if you just wanted to say I declare myself independent, and then just be like try to march on the north. The north yeah, is I, the north is tough to march on, right? Because right. you have to go through the neck. You have Moat Kalin, yep, uh, yep. and I mean, then you have to big huge forests you have to go through. I mean, it would be, mm-hmm. it would, and it's cold up there. I mean, a lot of southern people are trying to march north. It's cold. They're not used to that. It's right. Yeah, it would be. It would. It would be a long, tough road to try and go take Winterfell. And and, and plus, there's that that pride, right? You don't want anyone coming north, and so you're going to fight more. Um, for your home while you're there uh, versus you're down in the Riverlands and if things aren't going well and you're sitting there. Because one of the things that um, when Catelyn leaves, right, she she talks about him just sitting there in, in Riverrun and how and he kind of says like, look, it's not that he has sent um, sort of a like this offering of peace, but at the same time, he's not expecting to get uh, those terms to be met exactly and he's expecting a counter offer. And so he, he's also moving his forces, though. Because the men are restless, and if they're not warring, they're going to, you know, uh, dwindle, and they're going to leave, and and maybe want to go back north or whatever. So he's also battling that issue with with his Northmen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so all right. Well, um, okay. So let's see here. So, uh, Catelyn kind of you know wakes up, you know, um, and then uh, you know, so her fingers seem more clumsy than usual as she fumbled on her clothes. She supposed she ought to be grateful that she had any use of her hands at all the dagger had been valyrian steel like she's she was thinking of that uh you know that dagger when she saved when she saved bran there um you know she only had scars to remember uh outside shad was stirring oats into a kettle um while sir uh wendell manderly sat stringing his bow my lady he said when catelyn emerged these there are birds in this grass would you fancy a roast quail to break your fast this morning um, so they're kind of just getting ready cause she's going to go meet, uh, Renly Baratheon here. Right. So, um, Robin yep. sent 20 of his best to see her safely to Renly. Uh, he had sent five lordlings as well, whose names and high birth would add weight and honor to her mission. Uh, as they made their way South, staying well clear of towns and hold fast. They had seen bands of, of mailed men more than once and glimpsed smoke on the Eastern horizon, but none had dared molest them. They were too weak to be a threat, too many to be easy prey. Once across the Blackwater, the worst was behind. For the past four days, they had seen no signs of war. So, yeah, so as she's, so she is marching, you know, south, and then she's mm-hmm. going to go meet up with Renly. He's he's kind of positioned himself, you know, like more southeast in Westeros because he went to go marry Marjorie Tyrell out in the yeah. Reach. Right. And, and I could be wrong, but I think it's actually um, the path that they take. And I haven't looked this up in a while. Maybe someone else can do this, uh, you know, one of our listeners or, or, or someone. But I think we have that host that's building up in uh, Castle Rock or, or Lannisport. They're building up a host there. And then uh, Lord Tywin is uh, more off to the east. And so they're able to almost make directly south and cut through two big forces, which is fascinating, actually. And uh, that they're able to kind of that they don't meet a whole lot of resistance or they're not overtaken by Lannister men, you know, because they are they're over there by um, the Isle of Faces and and in right. Hall, right? Where, where we are with with Arya. Right. Well, you know, the, uh, the majority of this host is from the Reach. Right. Which is crazy to think, because if 
Renly, and this is the whole like you get back to the whole like what if Renly and Stannis had worked together uh, yeah. strategy. I mean, my God, I mean he could have taken that host and just marched north from the Reach right up to Casterly Rock and shut down uh, any atta- any yeah. any hopes of Tywin Lannister coming back. Right? I mean, coming coming back to to King's Landing to save everybody. I mean, then Stannis could have just sailed right onto Blackwater and taken it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, even yeah. with the, I mean, if you go, you know, kind of spoiler skip way ahead, I mean, this is a reread. Uh, I mean, Stannis, Tyrion makes his play and Stannis still almost takes, takes it if, if, if not for, if not for Tywin. So uh, then you have Rob up there too. I mean, if Renly, and that's kind of what I think what Catelyn, Cat, that's what Catelyn is going here to do is see if we can work together. I mean, Renly could have just either marched north or or you know anything, and then I mean, it's just it's crazy to think about all of the like events that happen, um, and just all of this positioning as we're dealing with the War of Five Kings. You know, it's funny as you said, as uh, you know earlier, I said that Winterfell, you know, it'd be so hard to take, and then it does get taken because no one's there, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. The, Theon, yeah. Theon, and like ten guys take it because there's just nobody there, and then the same thing. Mm-hmm. Well, Renly, as we know, he marches you know, east to go, you know, try and take Storm's End back. And then so that means he's they're out of the reach. And so Tywin Lannister can just zoom right in there, you know, to kind of take a diagonal a diagonal path path there straight to yeah. King's Landing. Yeah. So if you pull this up, there's um again, uh Atlas of Ice and Fire is a great resource if you want to look at maps and look at features and stuff. Um it is just really I I didn't really just thought about it, but for them to cut south like that and to be a large enough host but yet small enough that they can sneak essentially through because the southern part and more eastward um you have a lot of raiding and stuff going on now initially when this conflict broke out it was over near the western hills on on the western side of the riverlands but it has since been shifted that battle had shifted far east and the the western hills and the, and the western lands are kind of like yeah, they're good where we're, there's not as much there's a force building back in Lannisport but then if you look on the map I mean river runs straight down south once they pass um you know bl- the the Blackwater and then they get to Bitterbridge I mean it's one number one it's it's quite a trek actually and uh, but yeah they're able to avoid you know a whole lot of trouble which is kind of uh, it just it just helps to I guess visualize where everyone's at. And maybe timing here worked out for them and they have to scout ahead and see if there's, you know, to, to avoid these forces and stuff and avoid Lannister scouts and not be chased down. Because uh, that would have been huge. I mean, if they would have captured Catelyn, that would have been a pretty big deal. Oh, it would have been, so, ga- it would have been game over. Yeah. I and mean, so it's, it's, I mean, a, it's it, actually a little bit risky. I oh, mean, it's, oh, it's incredibly risky. I mean, it's it yeah. would be everything because if you capture Catelyn, the Lannisters yeah. capture her and then you have Catelyn and you have... Sansa and they still believe Arya, right? Rob would yep. still believe that they have Arya. And so I mean, then you're Rob Stark, you're a young king. Uh you have I mean, what do you I mean, what do you do at that point? Then do you trade Jamie for your mother and your sisters? Do you trade her just for your mother? I mean, then they have the bargaining piece but like, well, we're not even you can keep Jamie. We're only we're, mm-hmm. you know, we have 3 of your people. So I mean, it's that would be it would be everything. It's a, it's an enormous risk doing this. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yep. So, and they have to cross over like two major roads. Again, I tell you, I love looking at maps. I, I will, maybe I'll put a link to this particular map in our description or, or something on our, our, our group on, if I forget, someone just, re, you know, kind of remind me because it's, they pass over the, um, the gold road and the Rose road. And like, those are big sort of places where you could have been, um, perhaps overtaken or something. Like, why is there not a patrol on that road? You know, like, like uh, they, they, it's just, it's interesting. So yeah, but enough of that. Um, so just sort of some geography and, and thinking about strategy. And then, yeah, she she does, uh, she has this whole reflection piece, which I mentioned earlier, uh, just thinking about how, how Rob has grown into uh, a king and he's speaking about his men. He's, he's speaking about the Blackfish and, and his role. Uh, and and that's, um, it's a good thing. But at the same time, there's this loss of, um, this innocence is gone and she's seeing her family kind of um, pulled in all these different directions and she just wants everything to be back to normal She's having those dreams at the beginning, just wanting, you know, uh, for, for Ned to be back, for her kids to be there, just to go back to just a few, you know, just, just about a year ago. I mean, things being normal and, and it's now the whole region, the whole, um, you know, continent is in, is in open war with each yeah. other. Yeah. It's crazy. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, um, okay. So the, she starts thinking a little bit about like the last time she saw Renly, right? She says, when I last saw Renly, he was a boy no older than Bran. I do not know him. Send somebody else. My place is here with my father for whatever time he has left. Like, this is what she's thinking back to what she told Rob. Like, she doesn't really want to do this, right? You know, and again, Hoster Tully is dying, right? She wants to be with her her family. She's already lost Ned, Bran. She doesn't lost, but, you know, he's obviously been injured. And then she has to be away from him, Rickon, and then you know, she is lost, you know, kind of air quote, Arya and Sansa. So, um, you know, her son had looked at her unhappily. There is no one else. I cannot go my myself. Your father's too ill. The blackfish is, is my eyes and ears. I dare not lose him. Uh, your brother, I need to hold river one when we march. March, no one else had said a word to her of marching. I cannot sit at river run waiting for peace. It makes me look as if I were afraid to take the field again. When there are no battles to fight, men start to think of hearth and harvest. Father told me that. Even my Northmen grow restless. Uh, my Northmen, she thought, he is even starting to talk like a king. I mean, so that's mm. something else, too. She's got to, it's, it's, it's not just Rob. It's now Rob becoming a king, right, at this young age, let alone, like, just training him to be, you know, like, an adult, let alone a king yeah. and, and a king in war, right? I mean... Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. So much of this is on her shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot. And that's why I say it's, it's such a risk, you know, to, to send her, but she yet was the only person that they could send, you know? So it's just, uh, it's, it's really interesting. Um, okay. So to kind of move on here, I mean, we really just get a lot, a little bit more about food and, and we get some of, um, you know, her thinking, reflecting, um, looking at, uh, you get some of these more, uh, like these, locations um they they're heading down the mander now towards towards uh bitter bridge and uh, as they're getting close they see some of those features that indicate that's that's where they are and when, when you first sort of break in here and you see uh some of these other banners and sigils and things like that it's it's kind of cool it's it's neat to see house fossaway uh house florent and these other houses represented and it's it's kind of cool because one there's these tiebacks to the days of tourneys when we would see these uh, houses represented in the Duncan Egg series, and then um, we also know that House Florent is is tied in uh, with with Stannis, um, sort of, you know, like right. they're a little divided, and that's 
so that's a that's a, that's another dynamic, right? You 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 can see right there that we've we've got a divide, and that Renly, um, yeah, it truly is dividing um, some some of the. Well, he's taking he's taking a lot of the stormlands. I mean, he's taking a lot of of those houses with him, and he's combined it with Highgarden. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, okay, um, yeah. right, okay. So as you said, yeah, she she when she gets kind of up there, like they're talking about all the different traveling they're gonna have to go she starts to approach the camp right um starts to see um you know sigils things like that uh and then you know they say like uh house tar or house um house tyrell's golden you know flower is sewn everywhere like you see it everywhere um, right which i th- right which i you know just think is kind of interesting um you know and then so they approach says my lady to hear that noise asked hollis mullen um what is that uh, it's a melee, right? So this is this is when we start to get introduced to some of these other characters, like Brienne of Tarth is about to make her appearance here. So, uh, yeah, kind of kind of cool here. So there's yeah, so there's this big melee going on. And this is a big chunk of the of the chapter. Yeah, can I say real quick? You know, he, here's the thing. Just to cut right to this, why do we see so much of 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 the rose? Why are the roses everywhere? Right? It's because they don't have a claim. They don't have a claim to the throne, and so they're going to use Renly. Like they are just trying to to latch on there, and they and they want to uh, climb the ladder. You know, it's just the the Tyrells. I think you you go back to uh, when we did it uh, when we looked at the histories. Right, House Gardner was the was the ruling sort of house there in the Reach um, from Highgarden, and their stewards were the Tyrells. Which is interesting. So again, they're they're just climbing this ladder here, and now they're uh, attached themselves. They've attached themselves to 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 Renly. Uh, why, Sir Matt? You know? Yeah. Well, you know, House Tyrell is. I always kind of wonder, I guess, how people view them. Do you like House Tyrell? Do you not? Um, like on one hand, I view them as like the opposites of the Lannisters, right? And that they also have a ton of money. Uh, actually, I. At some points, they have you know you could you could make the argument they have more money uh, than than the Lannisters, right? Because mm-hmm. we know like the the mines are uh, uh, Lannister mines are are running dry. I'm trying to remember if that's something that's just in the show or in the book, but I I don't I can't remember right off the top of my head right now um, this very moment. But regardless, they have a lot of money, uh, and so they're also like very. Um, Oh, what's the word? I'm uh, very motivated, very ambitious. So, yeah, you know, it just it just it. I guess when we when we see them, they don't necessarily we don't see them as often resorting to as dirty of things as the Lannisters. Right. Whereas, uh, you know, you think about that kind of scale, right, of like lawful good, good, you know, chaotic good, lawful, you know, evil, you know, stuff like that. Like, where do they align compared to the Lannisters? Um, so yeah, so let us know, actually, let me, we should, we should run a poll on maybe in the Facebook group Mm -hmm. or something and say like, we know, what do you, do you actually, what do you think of the, of the Tyrells? Because I think they're very comparable to the Lannisters. I mean, um, Elena Tyrell poisons, uh, Joffrey, right? Uh, so Mm -hmm. I mean, so, I mean, that's, you know, is it a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Because, you know, Joffrey is obviously pretty evil, but at the end of the day, she's still poisoning somebody to get ahead. Um, so they're always, they're just so intriguing, but they're definitely a house that I feel like, you know, they're very powerful. We just don't, 
maybe we just don't talk about them as much. Maybe it's just because we're finally now just getting to them in our reread. Takes a while before you get to them. But I'm even just trying to think of like when the series was going on. Because um, I think Marjorie's a really good character. I think she's a really interesting character. I mean, her arc in itself is is really kind of intriguing. I mean, she she latches on to and maybe maybe latch isn't the right word. She marries Renly, then uh, is willing to say, "I will marry Joffrey, right?" So that we can mm-hmm. we can climb up, and I believe I can persuade him to, and I can control him. Uh, and she starts to right. So yeah, yeah, and then I mean, then talk about a real dangerous move because it does seem like she's starting to control Joffrey. And then you poison him to try and move on to Tommen. I mean, yes. That, yes. I mean, it, you, so as like, so I mean, I don't think that that's something that's ever really talked about. Is you know wh- why then? Like obviously they do it right, you know, at, at the wedding, so she doesn't have to. So she doesn't have to go through with it. But I think it, to me it seems more likely that she was really kind of starting to control him and like figure that out. So. Why then? Why like I mean, you know. So yeah, was that did I mean did you did you not think at that point that that would that you would be able to really kind of get him under control? So he said, no, we got to move on to Plan B. Yeah, that probably is it, right? I mean that that probably that probably is exactly what was what was going on. You get you do kind of wonder what those other conversations were behind the scenes and what were they talking about in their little you know groups and with Marjorie and yeah and and her parents and things. So. Here's something you, you just kind of, as you were speaking there, you were talking about House Tyrell and House Lannister being similar. And I kind of forgot, right, that that the Lannisters, um, I mean, similar to the Tyrells, I mean, it used to be the Casterlys at, at yeah. Casterly Rock, mm-hmm. you know, and then Land the Clever is the one who kind of goes in and, and they're descended from from him. Um, so that that's fascinating. Like they, they're kind of um, kind of jumped up there and, and got their got their spot in, in the uh, Westerlands. And and then uh, House Tyrell, as as I was mentioning, yeah, it was um, House Gardner. Uh, that yes. they were they were again, you know, tied to House Gardner, and and it was during uh, the Targaryen when the Targaryens came in, um, they were destroyed, utterly destroyed, and and Tyrells are elevated again, jumped up there to be Lord Paramount of of the Mander. Now here's something else I didn't even think about this until I was reading this, but you know House Manderley used to once be at the mouth of the Mander. And that's where House Manderley comes from. And they then have relocated north. And we can talk about that another time. It's kind of a cool thing to discuss and think about. But I was wondering as we got down here with all these Tyrells, you know, like what the dynamic would be um, between, you know, the the Manderleys, our, our Manderley here, um, and and some of the Tyrells. We really, we really don't get much actually. Uh, we we kind of drift away. Right. Um, from Lord, uh, from Wyman's son, we kind of we kind of move right. on, and, and we don't really come back to him until the very end. But still, he's there, and I just kind of thought, oh, that's interesting. I wonder, um, as as George was writing this, that's that's we have to be as as readers thinking like, huh, right. there's a little something there. Yeah. There's a little something there. Why are they? Yeah, well, because we're, now we're introduced to the Tyrells, who, you know, yeah, yeah. Well, one one quick thing here too. I just before we kind of get back to to kind of Catelyn here and start to talk about Bran of Tarth. Um, you know, it's also interesting. I was just kind of thinking there about like, well, the difference between the book and the show and kind of where we end up, you know, in the show, uh, there's no Tyrells left, right? They're all, they're all gone at the, at least that we see at the end of the, at the end of the series. I mean, they take out house Tyrell when, 
um, at the Sept of Baylor, and then Olena kills herself. Um, but in the books, there's another Tyrell, right? Uh, not Loris, but um, the one that they want to marry Sansa to. Uh, yeah, their older brother. The yeah, old, the older brother. And then Loris Tyrell is like nowhere close to where he is in uh, the show, right? In the yeah. sh- in the in the show, he gets. He gets uh, arrested by the by the sept of, of, of um, you know, like homosexuality, basically. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, he gets like put on trial for that. And then he, you know, kind of admits his you know, air quote sins there. And then um, he, uh, y- you know, and then he dies at the, in this in the sept of Baylor when he kind of joins the uh, joins up with them. Um, but in the books, he's like he's like off at a battle. Like he's, like he's nowhere close to where yeah. he is in in the show. Right. Yeah. He's not. No. Yeah. He's, he's he's actually dying. Right. And and so like well, air quote. We think he's he's gravely wounded and and everything. So, uh, yeah, completely different. <laughs> completely different. And uh, so so their whole story. I don't know. Like like that's something to speculate about. Um, do we think that it would end up being this the, the same or similar or or whatever? Um. So it is, let me think here real quick. I think, is it Willis? Yes. Isn't that their, yep. isn't that their brother? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty yeah, that, sure. That's, that, um, that's who they, that's who they want to marry Sansa off to at one point. Yeah, remember, he, he's the one who has kind of the bum knee. He's, right, he's kind of at one point, Marjorie, at one point, remember, Marjorie is talking to um, Sansa about the possibility of her marrying in the show. The possibility of her marrying yeah. Loras, and she's like very pleased by that. And then uh, Tywin Lannister comes in. You're marrying Loras Tyrell Cersei, and then you get Sansa ends up getting married to Tyrion. Um, but that is something mm-hmm. that's at least talked about for a little bit when you kind of get that power struggle there between uh, Cersei and Marjorie, right? Um, so that's as Marjorie is like rising up to the ranks and is the is the you know next to be queen and all that, and then you get that Cersei Marjorie uh, back and forth. Yeah. yeah, which yeah. Marjorie could still totally be uh, the queen, the younger and more beautiful queen in like the Valencar prophecy in the books. I mean, that that will that will overthrow you because she could still totally be that character. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. Man, you know what? I'm, I mean, you got me thinking about uh, Willis Tyrell and I'm, I'm just thinking like I would love to see. I, I hope we get some, you know, more of it. Or we actually get to go kind of bring that character in uh yeah he yeah marriage proposals are a big deal and that's something at the end there where they're kind of still considering um a marriage to uh willis so anyways yeah a little sidebar there but just interesting conversation on on lannister and 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 tyrell and and uh you know and house manderley weave that in there which is which is crazy yeah absolutely so okay so kind of back to the chapter here a little bit but i think that's that was a good kind of just let's if we we don't we don't ever get to talk about the Tyrells, right? Because it just seems like well we could, but it's just like in the chapters we've never had a reason to talk about them, uh, mm-hmm. and so I just I think the way that all of our a lot of our ravens and stuff like that go typically you revolve around what it is we are talking about, and so some of these characters yeah. get missed, and so I really feel like Marjorie is a character we've not really talked about that much, uh, and so now we're going to talk about him, so it's, it's kind of cool, and so I'm you know I'm excited, um, yeah. So okay, so. 
the melee is going on. Catelyn thinks, you know, this is madness, right? Real enemies on every side of, and half of the realm in flames. And Renly sits here playing at war like a boy with his first wooden sword, right? So everybody's there. They're all watching, um, you know, this fight. You know, Lord, Lady, um, you have... Lady Oakheart, uh, Lord Randall Tarley of Horn Hill with his great sword Heartsbane, right? Um, in the midst, watching and laughing with his young queen by his side, set a ghost in a golden crown. Small wonder the lords gather around him with such fervor, she thought. He is Robert come again. Renly was handsome as Robert had been handsome, long of limb and broad of shoulder, with the same coal black hair, fine and straight, the same deep blue eyes. There's a little throwback to our uh, is young mm-hmm. Griff uh, Roberts bastard uh, Patreon thing we did. Uh, the same easy smile, the slender circlet around his brows seemed to suit him well. It was soft gold, a ring of roses, exquisitely wrought, and and the front lifted a stag's head of dark green jade adorned with golden eyes and golden antlers. The crown stag decorated the queen's uh, green velvet tunic as well, worked in gold thread upon her chest, on his chest, excuse me, uh, the Baratheon sigil in the colors of Highgarden. The girl who uh, shared the high seat with him was also of Highgarden, his young queen, Marjorie, daughter of Lord Mace Tyrell. Their marriage was the mortar that held the great Southern Alliance together. Catelyn knew Renly was once uh, was one and twenty. The girl no older than Rob, very pretty, with a doe's soft eyes and a mane of curling brown hair that fell about her shoulders in lazy ringlets. Her smile was shy and sweet. Um, so you know, just in- getting introduced to these two characters, you know, uh, and it's like what a marriage that would have been. I mean, obviously it's kind of a sham, right? Um, but mm-hmm. uh, I mean, just because they didn't they you know, uh, just cause Renly wouldn't have feelings for, her. I mean, it wouldn't really, it wouldn't really matter. I mean, their marriage could still totally work. Cause I think politically they would have worked it out and could have been great friends. Absolutely. And, yeah. yeah and totally. Yeah. Everything. I mean, just, they, just cause they, just cause they, you know, aren't, aren't, he's not attracted to her. Um, I don't think would really matter, but kind of the crazy thing with Marjorie, uh, is that, you know, you go back to game of Thrones, they're talking a little bit about, you know, it was possible that Robert was going to consider, marrying Marjorie and like booting out Cersei. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Crazy. Yeah. 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 Um, I know it, it's, it's, I think, I think you're right that they're there. It would have like, it, like it definitely is. This is intriguing. This is a really intriguing sort of um, matchup here. And these two side-by-side regions coming together, making it work. They also have the same kind of spirit, though. You know, regardless of whether you know attraction or whatever, like they they seem to be uh, benevolent in a way. Like they almost like they care about having fun and and, ha- and spreading peace and and whatever. Um, and that's really what we see here. It, it is actually very fascinating to look at Sir Sir Loras Tyrell and look at where he starts here as the Knight of Flowers, and then look what he goes through and actually where he is at currently in the series. It's dark. It's actually a little dark, and it's fascinating but uh in in this house that is all about beauty and is all about just um abundance and and different things coming together with Renly you can see why they accepted Renly and it's great you know that Catelyn mentions they are well that he looks just like Robert and looks you know just looks just like him um but yet doesn't have that demeanor it's almost like better he has the best qualities of Robert uh maybe maybe not the 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 same command of of battle and things but I guess as like um, you know, a, 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 le- a leader during a time of peace, 
You know, like he would be like a great right uh, king during d- during a time during times of peace. Right. So yeah, Renly is yeah. Renly, Renly is such a heartbreaking character because you feel like he could be such a great leader. He's you know he's he's funny. He's witty. He's just like. You know, has has he's a very charismatic guy, and and unfortunately, mm-hmm. we'll we'll get to a very short uh, short end with with him here. But yeah, it is just it is just interesting to think. And then, as you said, with Loris, um, yeah, Loris, I'm really Loris is a character I'm really uh, excited and interesting interested to see how his arc progresses in Winds of Winter. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, when when that book comes out, because it's I. It, he might be totally different. There's a character we should do a, a YouTube video, yeah, yeah. A YouTube video on because it's it's like it might be in such it might be so different, so different. Yeah, it, and and so yeah, as as we, back to this tourney here. So the Night of Flowers, as you as you say, I think even when you look at um, when you look at the TV show versus you look at how he's described here in the books and just the the vibe that I get, um, he's really good. He's really uh, like like in Catelyn has heard about his um his skills and just how good he is what is he uh is, is he close to 21 right. or something i think yeah. um or was that renly i think renly definitely is is near is near age of, of 21 i think maybe uh loris might be a little bit younger i'll right. have to look that up but, well, but anyways yeah young and still well, and he, really and well he, and he probably would have yeah. i mean the mountain cheats right you know because the mountain the mountain yeah, yeah, the yeah. mountain when they're when they're jousting hits his hits his horse instead of Instead of instead of going after him, and so I mean, it's he probably would have won that tourney, right? He probably would have beat the mountain. So, well, he in in a way does. Yeah. I mean, he does. Sure, yeah, yeah. yes, yeah. So, so interesting. Now, uh, and he's definitely uh, the um, the favorite here. Everyone's you know rooting for for him and for High Garden and everything, you know. Uh, and this there's this blue knight, right? There's this blue knight, and and Catelyn's kind of confused, like who is this? Because here's the other thing. This is what's kind of kind of cool about this. Even though they're they're like air quote playing at war, and she knows that her son is you know king and is actually fighting war and losing men, and they haven't really tasted that yet. Um, Brienne is is no joke. I mean, not a joke at all. No slouch, as we say sometimes. Like really good, really legit, and beats um, the Knight of Flowers, who is also really good. So I think we so, sometimes have to remember uh, just how good she is. In, in this fight. And so we quickly learned that Catelyn is confused because why do they dislike this blue knight? You know, what's going on? What's, what's the problem? And, um, yeah, I forget who it is, but they, you know, kind of turn and say, well, it's, it, it's, you know, um, it's not a man. It's, a, it, you know, that's it, sort of, that's the idea is that this is not, um, that they're calling, uh, you know, they're saying Tarth and then oddly, you know, a beauty, a beauty, right? This is coming down to, uh, after, uh, she wins, you know, right. and it's just confusing. Like, like what's going on here? Um, but uh, yeah, it, it turns out to be Brienne uh, fighting in this tourney and not some other knight or male knight like she, like she thought. Uh, but I don't know. I just think it's, I, I think we sometimes need to remember that she, that she won this yes, she and does. she wins the right to, to kind of get this spot next to Renly. Yes. Yes, she does. Yeah. And Brienne, uh, I mean, well in the show, she ends up becoming kind of King's, Commander, right? Lord Commander. Uh she mm-hmm. gets no oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. of the of the of the of the king, right. of the King's Guard. So um, forgot about that, yeah. Which I it, which I think it'll I think her story will probably play out pretty I I think hers will probably be pretty similar uh in the yeah uh in the books, which is cool and and and, and certainly uh fitting for 
for Brienne to be kind of that unlikely knight, mm-hmm. right? Uh, to who will who will rise up through the ranks, and I mean even more unlikely, obviously, because she she's a woman. So, um, yeah, just, yeah, just yeah. I mean, so that'll be and yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, and then even a, a cool tie back to um, Sir Duncan, right? If she is sort of a descendant and and things, and him being uh, a commander in the King's Guard, and then. That just kind of it's another parallel. You could see that kind of uh, being something that, that George would do. It's almost it's almost too poetic, really. Right. Um, but yet it's it's subtle uh, poetry. <laughs> right. So. Well, uh, I, yeah, well, yes and no, because the thing we, the dunk to our knowledge, uh, you know, dies in the fire. Right. Protecting his his. um his king right and so then for brianne of tarth to do it if there still is kind of this bittersweet thing if it does happen kind of the same way with jamie right where she finally gets to be with jamie and then he goes off to die with cersei um there's there's still some i guess you're right i mean it's poetic but it's also i don't know well yeah it can be tragic too i yeah. mean it can be like, like like all in the same i think that's some of dunk's story is that like He's this guy traveling around, and he's this great. You know, the realm may need a hedge knight, but yet uh, the events of Summerhall are, are fascinating. And uh, as I was talking to Lady Raj, I mean, that was one of the main things. If you if you could tell me what happens there, I'd be satisfied. Like I want to know. Like that kind of answers a lot of questions and maybe solves a lot of mysteries. Right. Is to reveal what happens at Summerhall. But um, you know, the idea is that this was. I mean, she's the character that is strongly hinted at as being one of Dunk's descendants. Well, she, I guess, um, pre, yeah, yeah, like that's. He's pretty much confirmed it. I mean, yeah. And so that's what I mean. You know, if right. she becomes Lord Commander, right? You know, in in the show, right? And then he also was was very unlikely, even though she's born into uh, you know a higher status than he is. Still, her um, just being a woman makes it makes it more difficult, and she's always had to kind of fight against uh, you know the, these pe- people who don't want to see her succeed. It's it's not it's not a rank that's been easily uh, Attained, obtained. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, okay. So she. Uh, so she wins, right? And then she kind of has her knighting ceremony here, or, right? King King's Guard, right? Or uh, Rainbow mm-hmm. Guard, yep. you know, we should call it. Uh, my yes. my life yep. for yours, your grace. From this day on, I am your shield. I swear it by the old gods and the new. The way she looked at the king, looked down at him. She was a, a good hand higher, though Renly was near as tall as his brother had been. Uh, was uh, plain painful to see uh, your grace you know i beg you leave i have the honor to bring you lady catelyn stark sent as envoy by her son rob lord of winterfell lord of winterfell and king in the north let's go yeah he's cur- <laughs> as he's cur- let it be as- known <laughs> yeah so um you know late you are most welcome here lady stark uh i am sorry then marjorie says you know i am sorry for your loss you are kind my lady, I swear you, I will see that the Lannisters answer for your husband's murder. Uh, the king declared, "When I take King Landing, I'll send you Cersei's head." And will that? And then she, you know, internally she says, "And will that bring my Ned back to me? It will be enough to know that justice has been done, my lord." Your Grace, Brienne the Blue, corrected sharply. A lot of correcting, uh, like going going on here. And you should yeah. kneel when you approach the king. Wow. Right. And this is where I said, like, it's a threading of the needle here. So hold on. Wait a second. I am like, is you almost have to acknowledge that you are a king, but you are a southern king. You're you're not a king king. of any of the territory 
right. that my son is king of. Exactly. You know? Ex- exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The distance between a lord and a grace is a small one, my lady. Catelyn said, Lady Lord Renly wears a crown, as does my son. If you wish, we may stand here in the mud and debate what honors and titles are rightly due uh, to each, but it strikes me that we have more pressing matters to consider. Uh, you know, Well said, my lady, there will be time enough for graces when these wars are done. Tell me, uh, when does your son mean to march against Harrenhal? Uh, until she knew whether this king was friend or foe, Catelyn was not about to reveal the, li- the, least part, the last part of Rob's depositions i do not sit on my son's war councils my lord so long as he leaves a few lannisters for me i'll not complain what has he done with the kingslayer uh, jamie lannister is held prisoner at river run still alive um it would seem the dire wolf's gentler than the lion you know so mm-hmm. then they're just kind of kind of having some you know some back and forth i call it weak lord randall says um yeah you know and they, they keep kind of correcting each other a little bit here as they as they begin to um start ta- discussing bigger, more important yeah. matters. Yeah, absolutely. And, and l- l- I guess let me point out something too. They call this a weakness, you know, that they haven't killed the Kingslayer. And I think it's also like, if they had the Kingslayer, it's, it's one of those things. Like if you had Jamie Lannister, you would, they would not kill him. They wouldn't, they, they, they would see it as a bargaining chip. They would see it the same way that Rob does. And it's something you want to, yes. Will it, would it, um, you know, what would it strike fear maybe into the Lannisters? Would it, whatever. Right. But it's it's such a huge chip that it's almost unwise that you would want to kill him. Right. Well, they also, you know, none of them also have their family members uh, in chains, you know, or whatever. Right. Yeah. Yes. But it, but I, the, the point is, is that, you know, Catelyn is also then telling them that, you know, while you sit here and play at war, my son is warring. So that that's that's she, without saying what I just said. Um, she does say that she does convey that to them because if you were warring, you would want a, a, like a, this this chip. You would realize how um, how much effort it took to get the Kingslayer, and then also what that means um, for us in negotiations. And actually, it's interesting though. I, let me back up. Actually, it's interesting that Catelyn doesn't um, say it the way that I'm saying it, and she just kind of makes it more about playing that they're playing war versus um actually being in war because she is the one i you know ironically later on who will um who who loses that chip for rob right so that's kind of crazy i guess to, to to think about and there's just different ways that you could go about it now like if you know he's someone you're never going to trade unless you're, you're literally trading to end the war and it's the final piece you know terms or whatever then then i get maybe keeping him otherwise if he if there's a chance he could be you know, taken back or escape or whatever, he's a great commander and you don't want him back on the other side, inspiring people and, and commanding forces and, and whatever. So it's a huge loss, but yet there's so much more you can do with him alive versus dead. And that's sort of always the, the issue that we're, that you see these characters in, which is it's, it's decisions, it's choices, you know, what, what are we going to do? And, and these Lords have not yet been in that position. They have not seen, and again, they also have the, the advantage of having a massive host, tons of resources behind them, and not challenged whatsoever, slowly making their way to King's Landing, not even worried at all. If they were to press, if they were to press right now and really get after it, they, I mean, we always go into that what if, but man, they would have done some major, de- I mean, I mean, Tyrion's not ready. Uh, Cersei's not ready yet. They are not ready. You, you could have, you could have made your move, but uh, anyways. Yeah. So I just want to, I just kind of want to point that out because they call it a weakness 
they, they're saying that Rob is weak, and I don't think he is. I think he's no, he's smart, smart he's so, for, yeah. for keeping he's him alive. Yeah. yeah, it's it's totally smart. What he's doing is absolutely smart. Um, okay, so real quick though, just before, so just kind of a route right around there, right? They're still talking about all these things. Um, uh, this uh, he does not stint himself. This Renly, she thought as she looked about. Small wonders why his host moves so. Uh, slowly, right? Like there's, she's looking around, you know, there's like everything matches or silver. It's everything's very ornate, right? There's like a harp set up. Like, I mean, it's like, you know, he's just moving his kingdom around. Um, but she says beside the entrance, uh, this is like, they're watching to his, to his tent to discuss things. The King's armor stood sentry, a, uh, a suit of forest green plate. It's fittings uh, chased with gold, the helm crowned by a great rack of golden antlers. Uh, this, the steel was polished to such high sheen that she could see her reflection in the breastplate, gazing back at her as if from the bottom of a deep green pond. The face of a drowned woman, Catelyn thought. Can you drown in grief? Which is just, yep. yeah, another little Lady Stoneheart mm-hmm. uh, kind of connection there. And they're just so It's so important, so man. Prevalent it's so prevalent because there's always like pretty like significant type um i mean if even even if you didn't know lady stoneheart was going and you were just like i'm gonna go back and just from this point and just like i'm gonna analyze all of the catlin uh chapters it's like wow there's a lot of mentions of her like you know like drowning <laughs> and stone having a heart of stone and, yep. yeah mm-hmm. there's just a lot yeah absolutely yeah i know it's one of the things i've, I've listened to other people kind of talk about uh like like her her role and it's just one of those secrets that i just you you know george is holding on to and just didn't want it spoiled in the show or even if he did give it to him they just they found no way uh to do it and it's just uh yeah it's it's crazy fascinating and and uh, i'm always down to go back to lady stoneheart and figure out uh what the significant that's one we're gonna have to do in the future as well is is uh, and we've we've talked about that it's just gonna take a lot more research to kind of figure out where that character's going but um yeah, so I'm glad you you know get kind of uh, honed in on that and and focused in on what she's feeling. Um, another thing I want to point out though is that you said they're kind of traveling with almost like his kingdom, and he is also traveling with his queen, which is not something you would typically do in in war. That's not something. I mean, he they don't they're not planning on on any major you know um, conflict or battle or or or, or whatever. I think as much as they can now the, the other thing is you're using it's, it's a rallying point right you're bringing queen marjorie out who's beautiful and you're, you're rallying people around you're throwing tourneys you're bringing people i mean the problem that rob is having is they've been in war and they've seen what's going on they've seen the hardship of war and yet we're also sitting and not doing anything and renly is at least um keeping everyone animated keeping everyone up keeping the hype up but yet has not faced any 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 conflict and so is able to kind of keep his queen uh nearby because you know it's just it's just interesting when when you think about that they have no it doesn't seem like they really plan on making any major uh thing they want to go camp outside of king's landing and that's it they want to go camp out outside of it and they want they want to let rob do what he's going to do and thank you very much and now the kingdom is mine i mean that's that's what they want to do so yeah uh okay okay so let me I just uh, kind of pulling up where to kind of go next. So, um, again, they talk about a lot about like the food, all of the food. There's, there's apple crisp and uh, blackberry tarts and honey biscuits and lemon cakes and um, all of this stuff. But um, and so then, you know, they ki- then they kind of start uh, 
talking a little bit. Um, you know, it's it's Kingslayer, fool of a fool. Renly said, and the hall rang with with laughter. You know, like um, uh, they are so young. It was true the Knight of Flowers could not have reached uh, his second name day when Robert slew Prince Rhaegar on the Trident. Um, they're all kind of sitting around having this kind of feast. Like she's talking about how. Um, you know, he, he feeds Marjorie, right. With his, with his knife, right. Mm-hmm. Like his, his dagger. Yeah. So again, everything is still very like ornate. They're just kind of joking around like talking. Um, and then, um, you know, we kind of move on from there. Right. You know, winter comes for all of us. Catelyn thought for me, it came when Ned died and it will come for you too, child sooner than you like. Yeah. Yeah, she's kind of reflecting on on Brienne and, and her demeanor, um, looking at those who are sitting up at the high table and looking at their youth, looking at how jovial they are, also looking at, um, you know, we didn't even really mention it, but she does really, earlier even goes into great detail on like Brienne's appearance and, and almost like, you know, subtle kind of mockery, but yet she's earned this position here uh, and, and feels sorry for her. Um, there's a great line in here somewhere... Um, whether they kind of talk about her beauty and how cruel it is and and things like that um that that george mentioned so but yeah so as we look at we look at this whole cast and we get to know some of these minor houses and these lords and we get to uh, see them interacting we eventually come to the the point where she's going to be asked by by rimley um to go to go talk to go get some air right uh take a walk and kind of talk uh and uh, brianne wants to go with him right she she doesn't want him to be anywhere uh, where he's not protected or guarded or whatever. And, and there's, there's the irony, right, is that he says uh, while he's here um, in Lord, Co- uh, uh, Lord Coswell's uh, castle, you know, that, that he, she should be very safe there inside of those walls right. and he should be safe within his own host. Uh, maybe not, you know, maybe, maybe there's, that's uh, kind of ironic and some foreshadowing. Um, yeah, not even your sword, uh, Brienne, right, would, would, would help him. Uh, if, if someone really truly means to do him harm inside uh, these these walls and he just doesn't think anything of it. But, yeah, he's going to go with going to go on a stroll and they're going to kind of talk about some of the things that um, oh, that, that Rob uh, is facing and, you know, what like decisions that need to be made between the two and how, how do they help each other? An interesting conversation um, starts, though, around Sir Barristan Selmy, which I thought was kind of cool. Right. We, we forget about him. And we, you see that uh, he's intrigued, wondering if Sir Barristan had gone to River Run. Right. Like, where has he gone to throw his support? So you start that thread right now, and we start to wonder, who would the uh, commander of the Kingsguard go support? And that's a big deal, because, again, that's a battle commander, someone who is seasoned, um, who knows strategy, who knows tactics, and very, that's huge. Yeah, if, very revered. Right? Men, will, men will absolutely follow him. Right, exactly, exactly. And so it's just, again, we know later on where he does go, and he doesn't pick anyone there in Westeros. Stun. You know, he's been you know, years in service to the Targaryens. Years. And and actually kind of feels a little, I think, um, sickened, let down, whatever, that, that he, uh, you know, Robert does a great thing for him and, and brings him in. He was just doing his duty to protect his king. That's what he's sworn to do. Now there's a new king, so he protects Robert. Um, but now he's been cast out by uh joffrey and he gets to choose he gets to decide where i'm where i'm gonna go so anyway that's kind of a just a little neat uh, nugget that's tucked in there yeah absolutely so um okay so then basically i mean they they don't really uh they don't really get in into much kind of 
conversation uh, there. Um, and then we get, you know, they're just kind of talking a little about like, um, yeah. and then, well, then we get, we just get the news that, that Stannis is, is, is coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's the big thing. So there's a little bit of talking about how, um, High Garden, you know, like their garrisons and the size and, and how well stocked they are and things like that. Um, and then it comes down to this whole point uh, with Stannis and him having a claim. And what is what is Renly's claim? You know, and, and why can't these two work together? Why is it that they are at odds with one another? This And, you know, Catelyn's ringing the same bell that we are, which is is like, you know, if you guys work together, this is easy. This is an easy win. We've got, right. um, you know, we've got the northern force and then we've got this great southern force. Uh, again, we haven't talked about Dorne at all. Tyrion's definitely making his alliance down there, trying to make sure that the south doesn't get any stronger uh, and maybe can put some pressure in behind the Baratheons slash uh, Tyrells. But, I mean, with Stannis there and his fleet, you can stop that. You can stop that. You you could actually, I, I don't know, you, you could definitely be working together and move in on King's Landing quickly. And then Dorne's going to not see any reason to to back uh, Tyrion's plan but yeah so yeah that, that's sort of the end of that chapter is, is where um and and doesn't she I think she in the, sh- in the show too kind of brings up the same sort of thing like you know why aren't you two working together why why right. what makes you think you have a claim and then you get into the the uh conversation I'd, about I'd make a better I'd make a better king yeah yeah c- kind of their natures right um, they, yeah. yeah well I mean they make the argument did Robert have what well, you know what was Robert's claim he just he just took it, right? I mean, Robert just right, right. Robert just Robert just took it. He didn't. He, Robert, you know, he has some kind of they all th- all of them, I guess, have some kind of a blood claim. You know, like their grandmother was married in. But I mean, really, I mean, really, it's just they just took it. So, all yeah. right, uh, okay, all right. Well, we do have um kind of a a raven here, right? So, uh, one from uh Sir James, Sir Jimmy, right? Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know who's who's our show sponsor today too. So he said, uh, "So is it possible Don is Lightbringer without R plus L equal equaling J, or R R plus L equal J being false?" Uh, I ask because I just don't see any way R plus L can equal J. Uh, you know, how it just can't be true at this point. Yeah. So I did a Patreon episode on is Don Lightbringer. You know, there's a lot of just we were talking last time um, we brought a little bit about about Dawn and, and Lightbringer and John. Um, and, you know, we're, next week we're doing a John chapter as well. Um, and how when he's with Corrin Halfhand, we just talk a lot about, you know, the word Dawn comes up and, you know, Dawn came with him and all of these things. And mm-hmm. so I was, I was talking a little bit about the idea of is Dawn Lightbringer. You know, Dawn is this special sword, right, that's not made from Valyrian steel. It's made supposedly from a falling star, which is why mm-hmm. House Dane gets its you know, House Dane gets its uh, its name right, Starfall, and the 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 sword of the morning, right? You know, it, it literally <laughs> what ends the long night is dawn, and so it's just kind of interesting mm-hmm. to talk mm-hmm. about all that stuff. And um, you know, if R plus L doesn't equal J, then it's like if Ned and Ashara equals, well, then so much of that that idea suddenly makes sense. So, um, is it possible for R plus L to equal J and Dawn still? be Lightbringer. Yeah, I totally think that's true. Um, but that would just mean that John may not be Azor High, And Azor High could maybe just be this random person who I still feel like if they were to do that in the show or in the books would be best. Um, mm-hmm. 
I still feel like you could be like a battle. John could be like a great battle commander and whatever. Um, and you know, maybe it's just, you know, we talk about the, you have the, you have the idea of the great hero and Azor high and all these things. And they're kind of similar, right? The Prince who was promised. Um, maybe it's the mm-hmm. same legend. Maybe it's different legends. Um, maybe the sword of the morning is just this name given to the person who was, you know, maybe Azor. that's the, their version. Right. Maybe it's their version of like, you know, a great hero slayed, you know, pushed back the night, the uh, the White Walkers. And so there's like this sacred kind of like warrior. And there's like every, you know, every generation, there's a new sword of the morning type of thing. Like that's what they're ultimate secretly like training for or something. So I do. I do think it's it's it it's possible. We would just then have to get out of the idea that John would wield Dawn if. R plus L equals J. So, I mean, it's, I, it's, I think it's still t- possible. I mean, Eddard, you know, Eddard, uh, Dane could be the one who, who wields Don uh, yeah. and kills the, and kill, and it'd be Lightbringer if it is actually a sword, right? Um, and some people think it's a person, some people think it's the Night's Watch. There's so many theories around it. So I do think it's possible, but then, you know, you just maybe just get rid of the idea of John being Azor High or whatever. So, I mean, Right, it's it's all possible. Right. I mean, in the show, in the show, uh, you know, with John is the son of Rhaegar Targaryen, but that doesn't mean that he's a Zora High, right, or the prince that was promised, or any of these things. It's because Arya is the one who kills the Night King. So, you know, we'll see. Uh, dude, I, the, that that's the whole thing. I think I think what really what has uh, caused a lot of if you were a book reader and you had bought into all these um, you know theories and you had been looking up a Zora High and you'd been looking up. Um, the the last hero, right? From like that's sort of the the, the northern legend that Old Nan kind of talks about to, to Bran Stark. She tells him about the last hero, and you get how he sought aid from the children of the forest and the forging of the sword and 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 all that neat stuff. I think what George is doing is just trying to show us that over time, like we really do sort of see what happens. Like if you take what happens in season eight and you see, okay, this is what happens now. Flash. Flash, uh, you know, three thousand years later, what would th- what would folks three thousand years past the point of season eight be thinking about? Like, like what would the story be about Daenerys, about Jon? How would it be distorted over time? And how had the legend grown and turned into something else? You know, like I, I really do think that's sort of what we're what we're getting. I think that's what people don't like as much is that you have this all these prophecies, all these stories from. You know, years ago, I mean, uh, part of Old Nan's story is the others, thousands and thousands of years ago, a winter fell that was cold and hard and endless beyond all memory of man. Um, there came a night that lasted a generation and kings shivered and died and so on. And so you go into this great story that is thousands and thousands of years old. I mean, at one point, we like, like it's speculated in the uh, Song of Ice and Fire uh, text that it's like 10,000. You know, like you, you get to some of these numbers, you're like, what in the, you know, like, it just when you get to that age of legends idea, it's just totally crazy. It's it's uh, like the the heroes, the great heroes. I mean, they're so. How did that story and those legends get distorted over time? Because you look at season eight, and who is Azora High? Who is the prince that was promised? Uh, where is Lightbringer? Um, you, you know what I'm saying? Like like all those questions that we thought were going to be yep. answered, Sir Matt, none they're not were. answered. None of them were. Yeah, none of them were. And I think what the I think what's being if that's true, and and you take that uh, um, that that D and D took what George had told them, I think what he's teaching us is that over time, and 
when things get lost, um, that that uh, the, the singers then are the ones kind of passing on the histories. And this oral tradition, things get passed down through story, through song, and they're not anywhere close to what actually took place. You know, it maybe wasn't just one last hero who was facing down a host, you know, but he had many people behind him. You know, like th there's so much. Was the sword actually forged, you know, or did the love of his life die and then... You know that that inspired him to go fight more. I mean, all sorts of things. Uh, like like it's just it's a more poetic take on on um, the events that happened thousands and thousands of years ago. And so what we hear about are these legends, and then we actually see maybe what it looked, what it ended up being. And I I I, I can't think of anything else other than unless he kind of comes in here and, and flat out just says that's Azora. You know, like all of a sudden that's the. I mean, we're looking at Danny as maybe. Uh, instead of the prince, it's a princess, right? Uh, Eamon uh, is saying that on his way to Old Town and that the there's this riddle and there's this sphinx and you have all these threads that have all of us readers chasing this, thinking that there's going to be this great return of magic and the, this great right. um, buildup or whatever. And it is getting more and more and it is elevating to a point, but it never reaches that full climax that we think it's going to. And... Like, even though the Battle of Winterfell is epic and huge or whatever, um, you know, okay, for example, the character Arya, right? Like, like if you go thousands and thousands of years later and you were telling the story or singing a tale about Arya, Arya might not be, like, there could be some skew and some mis, um, uh, miscommunicated information out there after a thousand, several thousand years that Arya wasn't actually, you know, um, a girl and maybe was a boy because she dresses like a boy, because she, you know, behaves that way and like all those different things that could get lost over time. And that could have been, that's one of those things where it's like, oh shoot, you know, like, like if you go way back, there's a lot of different, um, you know, that we have all this swapping of identities and stuff. So I think it's fascinating. And, and I don't know, you know, one of the thing, one of the things that uh, Sir James mentioned is like, do we think R plus L equals J is, is that absolute? It, it just, it just comes down to whether or not the showrunners executed what George told them, you know, and I think they said they've tried to be really authentic to what he has said. And so I think the answer is yes. I, th I think that John, um, you know, is, is Rhaegar's son, you know, and Rhaegar and Lyanna's son. And that's, that's sort of, I, I, I know there's tons of theories out there that would say otherwise, but I like, there's a lot of evidence for it in the books and it's been pretty well accepted. And then it was confirmed in the show. I don't know how much more we can, I mean, he would have to, don't you think it would have to be a really big turn like he would have to really do something big for it to be something other than that sir matt yeah yes i i definitely believe r plus l equals j um i mean i thought it before we you and i thought it before the show confirmed i think it's just it's too it's too obvious it makes too much sense i guess the question now becomes what's the purpose for it in the books in the show um, I mean, it definitely was important in creating a wedge between Danny and John. I mean, we thought it would be, oh, Danny and John can live together, right? You know, like that was way before yeah. any of the Mad Queen stuff. Like, oh my God, it's going to work out perfectly. The Targaryens go back to being in power. John and Danny, yeah. like they just work as a family, like the whole deal. And then that 
that makes a lot of sense. I mean, gosh, we were tossing around all kinds of crazy theories before season eight. I mean, yeah, gosh, yeah. gosh, man, we were tossing around everything because they hook up right at the end of season seven. Um, right. You know, they right. they they hook up and we were thinking, oh, my God, Danny's pregnant. We were thinking all of these things and season eight came and, and none of that uh, came to be true. So, um, yeah, I definitely believe R plus L equals J. But even that in its own right is something that, you know, um, even if, you know, let's say like that happens, we still don't know from the show. Um, we just know, oh, they loved each other, but we don't know why. Right. That was another thing that the show didn't answer was why, mm-hmm. how did they get together? Yeah. Was it because um, did they talk to each other at the tourney at Heron Hall? Was it sure. afterwards? Was it uh, something that was said? I mean, what caused him to to run off with her? Right. Um, I mean. We just don't. We just don't know. Was she the night of the laughing tree? There's so many other things that there's there's so many questions you have to answer of 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 questions that you as a as a writer that Gurr has already created. Right? Who's the night of the laughing tree? Who's this? Who's that? That he's gonna have to answer these questions. And if you go any other route, you're gonna have to answer so many more questions that I just don't think there's enough time in the book. Right. Well, and that's the that's actually the sort of sort of the problem is I think and I've said this years ago, which is when you look at all of the questions we still have this late in the series and we we actually even I mean, new questions were literally sparked and created in the last book that he wrote, you know, like like we got whole new storylines emerging, whole new characters, uh, you know, kind of kind of popping up. And I do think when, when people want to criticize George and they, they want to look at like, well, this is just, you're not going to be able to thread this needle and, you're, and, and, well, and, and to back some of that criticism up, it has taken so long. And part of that's the show. Part of it's, uh, it's just such a complex series. He has even admitted that once he starts writing a character and they grow, things, things do kind of evolve in, in his writing. Um, he's said that in interviews. He's talked about it. So I guess I look at this and I think, can he answer all of those questions? Like, is, is he going to, um, it makes, it just makes you wonder. And that's why I always find this conversation between him and the showrunners so fascinating. You know, did he say, yeah, I have an answer for that. And here's the answer. And this is what I plan on doing in the books. And they said, look, we just don't have time to tell everybody who the night of the laughing tree is because we didn't really bring it up that much in the show. And it's not really going to land with a, a larger audience or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe George will do that, but then the showrunners didn't, or does he not intend on doing that? in the books. And that's also why the showrunners weren't able to give us as many answers because there's a lot of things we want answers to, and he's just not going to give them. Um, and, and, and here's something else you, you hit on something. I think when you look at those, like we kept hearing that the ending of game of Thrones was going to be bittersweet. You know, what's unexpected is the reason we were theorizing that John and Danny were going to get together and the Targaryens come back together. And it's awesome is because R plus L equals J and that's, that's great and everything. But the divide is that this whole time she's been wanting to be the ruler and then he would then almost have a greater claim. And it does sort of divide. You don't expect Danny to act the way that she does. Her nature, all of a sudden, we're caught off guard. Why isn't she acting the way we expected her to? And then he drops in these little little subtle hints that the Targaryens from time to time can be a little uh, mad and a little crazy. And, that, and also power can make you do crazy things. Uh, so that is, I guess, I don't know. I, I think that's, that's all very interesting. That's also why when you look at the prophecies, you look at Lightbringer, you look at these things that these breadcrumbs that were there 
And some of them will lead to what we expect. Some of them will lead to something we don't expect. And I believe some of them will literally end and we will lose the trail. I, I, and I hate to say that, but, but like I, that's going to frustrate people. But I think George is a, you know, he studies history and I think he looks at some of these things and he says, no, there's things we can't explain and we don't always know. And that's left to the reader's imagination. And you can go think about that and stuff. Maybe he knows it, but he's not going to, you know, he's not going to spell everything out for us. And that is what I think is frustrating for some people. Um, but he lays enough clues that you can get pretty darn close. And, but you can also come to several different conclusions. And again, that frustrates the reader. Um, but, but then he also will have other storylines that do end up sort of the way we wanted them to, um, or close to it, you know? And so it's, it's just, that's that bittersweet that he is going for. I think he is in his books going for that same bittersweet ending to where some of us will be like, wow. And then, uh, then some of it, we're going to be like shaking our head going, I didn't either see that coming or why didn't. I, I didn't expect that character to act that way. Now that I go back in on a, on a second and a third read, I can kind of see how maybe they, um, you know, looking back were like the, their, their experiences in the series would lead them to make that decision. But I just didn't see it coming, you know? So anyways, I don't know. I say all that. It's a, it's a good, um, that's all just off of, you know, a two sentence sort of uh, Raven that, uh, that we get a little comment from, from Sir James, but it's, it's, uh, it's fascinating. I think it's why we're so fascinated looking at the TV show and trying to understand uh, taking it and saying, man, what in the world did, did George tell them? And then was it not a lot? Did he not have it finished? Does he just not know, Sir Matt? Does he, does he actually not? He's not there yet in his writing. You know, I think that's that's fair to also I think, say I th he's not. I think he I think he gave them an outline. I think he gave them. I think he just gave them a rough outline. And but he said, and you know, we've talked about this before. Here's a couple things that happen, mm -hmm. right? That you probably weren't expecting. Um, but here's here's a rough outline. And yeah, he doesn't give them the full. And I don't even know that, like you say, if it's an outline, it's not even really a full outline. I mean, because he's. I think he does even say in his interview. Um, uh, with Anderson Cooper that there's like there were just minor characters that one weren't even in the show so there was no reason to give those plot points and, and, then, and then that's even tougher like how do you even make sense of of um yeah you, you almost have to know some of the, you have and again those guys read the books and they read the series so they do know that those minor characters exist and they can kind of figure out how they influenced um some of the major characters but uh it's fascinating 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 yeah. and I just want to see winds of winter I want to know yeah. so yeah yeah awesome 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 all right man as i just love you know when we get ravens and we just go we just go on a big tangent it's yeah. great yeah it's great it's it's, great. it's fantastic uh we have one that we'll save for next week and we've got more uh coming in i'm hoping to get more from from you guys you know just about um uh really i guess my my challenge to the realm is this like what do you guys think now that season out that season eight is out and we don't have i mean was that i mean again I, I don't go back and watch. I'm more of a book fan, and I haven't gone back and really rewatched season eight. I think I've seen it once. I don't know that I've gone back and rewatched it. Um, maybe I did. No, I went back and saw it twice. I think I, I when I had the app, I was still uh, looking at it and stuff. So, is there are, are there subtle nods in there that would indicate that so and so is Zora High or, or the prince or princess that was promised, and then uh, this person's a light bringer? And did the Valencar prophecy get fulfilled? Um, you know, like like. Go look at season eight and I, maybe look for some of that symbolism or some of those things that would indicate those things were were actually fulfilled. Because, you know, now speculating and looking at all this, go look at any Reddit. We've been trying to figure these things out for years. And then season eight went and said, you know, I don't know. What did it say? <laughs> what did it tell us? 
the brand's gonna be king, right? So yeah, pretty much, yeah. So yeah, awesome. All right, well, we want to thank you guys as always for playing the Game of Thrones. In our next episode, we will be discussing Chapter Twenty Three, John Three of A Clash of Kings. If you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write a review, leave a comment, or send us a raven at btkcast at gmail.com. We'll see you in a week, and remember that winter is coming.